Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to be covering Monday Night Raw for 7:19 and Friday Night Smackdown for 7:23 in the aftermath of Money in the Bank. So let's get the show on the road. Let's get into the ring and check out the action from Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, of course, opens with John Cena. Now, as y'all know, at Money in the Bank, John Cena did make a surprise return during Roman Reigns' after Roman Reigns' fight. We were all wondering where John Cena was, what he was doing here, what he was up to, what was going to happen. We weren't sure whether it was going to be Bobby Lashley or whether it was going to be Roman Reigns, but we had John Cena on Monday Night Raw. Of course, he welcomes the crowd back because he's happy to see him. Let's know that he misses him, that he missed all of us. And we missed him. We're glad to see him back. Happy to see him back. And, of course, then he goes on to explain why he's here. Why he's back on WWE after all this time. Why he should have put money in the bank and who he's going after. He says, well, I know. I ruined the champ celebration. Roman Reigns, of course. Roman was mad. Michael Cole was happy. Pat McAfee still can't see me. And he goes, so all of you are pretty sure, you know, Wondering, why? Why am I here? Is he going after Roman Reigns' title at SummerSlam? Is he going after Bobby Lashley? Who am I going after? Well, it's because Roman... Roman's just being a pain in the butt. Roman's just being just absolutely, absolutely rude. Absolutely. And I have a big problem with rude people being in WWE. I have people who... I have a big problem with people who show no respect to the other superstars in the back... Who've worked hard to get an opportunity to be involved in, you know, all this. And I just plain don't like Roman Reigns' attitude. He goes on to say he believes that he needs to be knocked back a page and realize you gotta give respect where respect's due. You gotta give you you gotta you gotta do it. That's just how it is. He just is bashing Roman so badly. And guys, I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. I will tell you that. I will shout it from the rooftops that I am a huge Roman Reigns fan. I've never denied it. I've always said it. Since the first time I laid eyes on Roman Reigns, back when the Shield showed up, I have been a Roman Reigns fan since. Roman, this is how Roman is. We all know that Roman can, when he's a heel, he's a vicious heel. He can be a very vicious heel. When he's a face, we, but you guys boo him anyways. It doesn't matter whether he's face or heel. You can't seem to get on the same page and, you know, enjoy Roman Reigns. Fit. For you to say that, for John Cena to say that Roman Reigns is ungrateful and disrespectful to the WWE Universe and to the WWE roster, this is what heels do. That's what they do. That's how they are. It, in order to show dominance and to show that you are a true WWE champ, whether at Universal or WWE, even in NXT, you gotta be a you gotta be a badass. That's how it is. That's how it's always been. That's how it's gotta be. You've got to be downright ruthless. You have to prove that you can hang on to that title for longer than five seconds. And to me, Roman's just showing his true colors. He's showing I'm a dominant champion. I'm gonna hold this title for however long I need to hold it, and I'm gonna prove to you that I can hold it and that I am what I say I am. That's just how Roman is. But of course John Cena doesn't see it that way. I get it. I get it. Faces always think heels need to be knocked back a page. I get that. 
Sometimes I will agree that Roman can get a little bit over the edge. Just a little bit. But then again, like I said, it's Roman. It's to be expected. You may not be a Roman Reigns fan. And if you're not, that's fine. That's great. But if you are, then you get what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. That this is just how Roman is. But also in the same token, this is how John Cena is. He comes in whenever he's needed. Whenever there is a problem within either one, SmackDown, Raw, he shows up to stand up for what he believes is right and to stand up for not only the fans, but the WWE roster. That's just how he is. Now he says, <clears throat> then of course we know he's going after, he wants Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. That's what he wants. He wants a shot at the Universal title at SummerSlam. Who I popped up last night. You can't see me to Roman. Pop in tonight to you know, let everybody know I'm back. And, you know, do you feel the you feel the crowd, feel the universe, and, you know, let everyone know where I stand. He said, not only am I here tonight, but I will be on SmackDown on Friday night, and I can't wait to see the look on Roman's face when I call him out. Matt Riddle, of course, comes out. Who did not see Matt Riddle coming out at some point to try to show off and be, you know, be Matt Riddle? He does come out. He is Matt Riddle. But what is cute is when he gets to the ring and you're like, oh boy, this is not going to be good. And him and John Cena have a little moment where Matt Riddle goes, bro. And John Cena goes, oh no, 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 I get it. Bro. And they have this little bro conversation back and forth using the word bro. It's absolutely hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go look it up on social media. It's absolutely hilarious. But at the end, they actually sing bro together. I mean, it's like acapella. It's absolutely hilarious. I love that segment. I thought it was great. I'm happy to see John Cena back. The question is, will Roman accept his challenge on Friday Night Smackdown? Will Roman say, okay, I'll go one more round with you, John Cena. We'll put the Universal title on the line and we'll see who comes out on top. Going to be interested to see what Roman says on Friday Night Smackdown when John Cena shows up. To show up, show out. That's how it is. Of course, it goes on to Riddle and the Viking Raiders versus AJ Styles, almost, and John Morrison. Miz is out there with Morrison. We, I love Miz being out there. I love Miz being out there with Morrison. I really do. I love Miz, plain and simple. Miz can do anything. That man is electrifying on a mic. He's electrifying on social media. He's absolutely incredible. I love Miz. There's nothing I think that Miz could not do. That Miz could not make look fantastic. And to see him out there, Morrison makes me smile. Of course, it's a six-man tag team. It's a really good match, guys. I mean, absolutely incredible match. At one point, Riddle grabs a drip stick and sprays it on almost... And almost thinks that it was Miz. He thinks Miz did it. Miz is like, no, 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 no. I didn't do it. I swear. And guys, mind you, Miz is in a wheelchair because he's got an injury. So Miz can't really go very far. And he's at the bottom of the entrance ramp. And he's literally trying to get that thing. Turns it around. Trying to get that wheelchair up the entrance ramp. And almost is coming after him. Because almost thinks it was Miz that sprayed him with the dripstick. When in truth, we all saw with our own eyes, it was Matt Riddle. Almost basically abandons AJ Styles and John Morrison. Leaving them in the ring with Matt Riddle and the Viking Raiders. Now you know dang well, as well as I do, 
what's going to happen? AJ Styles loses to the Viking Raiders and Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle and the Viking Raiders win that match. I like this. I like this little setup. Could they be setting up a feud between Matt Riddle and John Morrison? Yes, that's highly possible. We all know there's already a feud between AJ Styles and almost and the Viking Raiders. It's a matter of time before we see another tag title match between these two tag teams. It's only a matter of time. And I don't think the Viking Raiders are going to be so nice as they were last time at Money in the Bank. But we're going to see. We all know that Elias is there. When Jackson Riker shows up on the screen and we know the whole feud with Jackson Riker and Elias. It's been going on for a while. Jackson Riker shows up on the screen and tells them, tells all of us, you think what I did in that strap match was bad? Wait till you see what I do to Elias tonight. And we're all scratching our heads going, oh no. What has Riker come up with now? <laughs> what, excuse me. What could we really truly be dealing with? Because we, the twisted mind of Jackson Riker, we're not sure what we're going to see. Of course, that leads to Elias in the ring. And he does the whole, they do the whole announcement, ladies and gentlemen, Elias. And he does the whole thing. WWE stands for Walk with Elias. We're used to that. Every time he gets ready to play guitar, no matter what, Elias should just stop this because he knows anytime he's playing a guitar or trying to do a guitar solo before his match, somebody's going to interrupt him. It always, literally, it always happens. You would think eventually Elias would catch on and just quit while he's ahead. Because he's not going to get to play as long as there's somebody out in the back that's going to disagree with his performance. Of course, Riker does appear on the screen. And he tells people that he's tired of him introducing himself to the people all over the world. Over and over and over and over and over again. He's tired of him trying to say, oh, I'm going to play my guitar. We're going to have some music to walk with Elias. Thing. He's tired of hearing it. So he says, I'm going to pretty much silence you. You're not going to be doing this anymore. That leads to the Jackson Riker versus Elias in a Symphony of Destruction match. Now, for those of you who are scratching your heads going, what's the Symphony of Destruction match? I'm going to tell you. Inside the Symphony of Destruction match, of course, it's the ring and the two opponents. Outside the ring is different instruments from a piano to a kettle drum, to a guitar, a violin, a gong, all kinds of different keyboards, all different kinds of musical instruments surrounding the ring. Your main thing is, is so you can use any of those instruments you want to use as a weapon. It does not matter. It does not matter what you use. You can use it. And you have to literally... He beat your opponent to the point that you can either pinfall him or submission him without him getting up. Anything can be used from the piano to the gong to whatever. These matches are nasty. If you are a musician fan, don't watch these. Because they destroy some of the most beautiful instruments in, in the world. And you don't want to see this. This is some serious. If you're a music lover, don't watch it. Seriously. Skip this match over. But if you want to see a heck of a fight, watch it. Because it's absolutely worth it. And Elias literally has got Jackson Riker's number. He has literally given Jackson Riker a run for his money. Because Elias has been in Symphony of Destruction matches before. So he's a veteran. He knows how to deal with this. 
Every time Jackson Barker thinks he's got the upper hand, Elias turns it on him. It gets to be a really, really, really good match. But it ends, of course, with Jackson Riker putting Elias through two tables. He brings out tables because it's no DQ. You can bring whatever you want into the ring or outside the ring. He takes him out with to put him through two tables, and Jackson Riker wins that match. It's only a matter of time, guys, before Elias gets one up on Jackson. It's a matter of time. It's just to as to when and where it's going to happen. I love what they're doing with Jackson Riker. I love that they're pushing him this way. I like it, but I'm ready to see Jackson Riker go up against some other opponents because I think he has the potential to be a great superstar if he's given the right opponent. I know Elias is a stepping stone, but okay, we've stepped on the stones enough. Let's jump over and let Jackson Riker fight somebody else and Elias take on someone else. After a while, we're going to get tired of seeing the Elias-Jackson Riker show. We really are. So let's move on, WWE. Let's move on. Pearson, uh, Sonia Deville are in the back, and they're talking to Monsoor, telling him, you know, he's telling him he wants a tag team match. That's what he wants. He wants a tag team match next week. And he wants his tag team partner to be Mustafa Ali. I told you guys. I've been telling you guys for weeks now that I was looking forward to this whole Mustafa Ali monster possible tag team because I thought these two would be incredible together. I thought that they would really bring out the best in each other as a tag team. I've loved the stories to build up to it. I've loved the segments where Mustafa's trying to prepare him for what he doesn't realize so that he doesn't get left behind like Mustafa did. I love this. I love that they're doing this. And to put him and Ali together in a tag match, I said it would be incredible. It would be absolutely incredible because these two have styles that would just, they'd be perfect. They would be perfect. Their styles would mix together. They, they could be a potential for a next tag team title. I mean, it's highly possible that they could do this. But Ali apparently is not happy with Mansoor's decision. He's just not happy with it. And we kind of remember that there's a lot of other tag teams in WWE that were put together at the beginning that weren't happy about it. And one of those is Sheamus and Cesaro. But they turned out to be one of the best tag team matches, we tag teams we'd ever seen. They were absolutely incredible. The bar really brought, brought it out. I mean, they were great with each other. So if lightning strikes once, it can strike twice, and we can see a really good tag team come out of Mustafa Ali and Mansoor. We really could. It's a matter of Mansoor wants to work with Ali. That we know. But does Ali want to work with Mansoor? It, I mean, we could see another potential great tag team like Sheamus and Cesaro. We really could. It's a matter of whether they want to work together. Because obviously one does and the other doesn't. We'll see. But in the middle of that conversation, Sheamus walks up. And he's mad. Oh, he's mad. He's fuming. You can see the steam coming out of his ears. He's that mad. And he's telling me, you need to tell me I'm going to have to face Alberto Carrillo again after I beat him last week for the United States title. You're telling me I have another match with him? He hasn't even earned the opportunity to get the shot at my title. I'm loving Sheamus. I've told you guys when Sheamus is a champ, he's amazing. He's absolutely incredible as a champ. Even without it, he's a great in-ring performer. I love him. But when he's a champ, 
He gets your attention. You take notice of Seamus when he is a champ. He's absolutely incredible. And I, I've really been noticing that Seamus that we remember back when he was WWE champ and Roman and him were having that feud, we're seeing that same Seamus coming out again. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Of course, Seamus, they tell him, look, he gets a fight. You you basically cheated last week and took him out before he even got the opportunity to go into the ring. He deserves the shot. Yo, he does. He deserves it. And I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with Sonya and Adam. He does. He deserves the shot. He has jumped through every possible hoop he could jump through to get to this point. And they're right. Sheamus did blindside him last week before the match. So we really didn't get a fair fight between Sheamus and Alberto Correa. We really did. We've seen what they could do. We know the potential for this match should be great if Sheamus can let go of his ego for a second and just do what Sheamus does and let Alberto Carrillo do what he does. But of course, Sheamus, all right, all right, I'll give him a shot. But and then he leaves. Leaves. You know. Not happy about this. I'm kind of hoping after what happened last week. After the beatdown that Seamus gave Carrillo and we saw Damian Priest come out. I'm kind of hoping Priest is kind of keeping an eye on this match. Do I foresee a possible Seamus-Damian Priest fight for that United States title? Oh, you bet you I do. I see it coming. It's just a matter of when and where this is going to happen. And how far Seamus is going to push Priest to the point that he finally just gives Seamus a good whooping. And we've got the fight. The fight's on. Well, then, here comes the Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. I told you guys in my podcast, in my pay-per-view extravaganza, how I felt about Charlotte being champ. I don't like it. It's, it's old. We're done with this. Let's move on. But apparently, they don't seem to think. They think that Charlotte just needs to be champion a little while longer. The crowd doesn't seem to think so because they literally, at Money in the Bank, were chanting for Becky. So we can imagine, you know, hey, they want Becky back. They don't, they're done with Charlotte and Charlotte's little fiascos. But she comes out. And she says, oh, this feels good. I'm so proud to be champion. Oh, beating it. Just be, just make it. Just, we're just tired of this. We're tired. It's the same old story, same old lines, same old blah, 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 blah. She's still calling herself the opportunity. Like, you have to get through me. I'm your opportunity. Really? There are thousands. I mean, there are women everywhere in that division right now that deserve the opportunity before you. You are not the opportunity, sweetheart. You're just a, a person in the way of them getting what they want. You're just somebody that's there that they can whoop to get to what they want. That's all you are. You're not an opportunity. You're just a showpiece. That's pretty much what you are. Because you have the flair name on your name. You're a showpiece for WWE. That's just how it is. But, she starts by mouthing Rhea again. Now, guys, Rhea gave it all. Rhea, I thought, had this match for sure. Charlotte cheated. If it had been anybody else, and it had been, you know, if Rhea had done what Charlotte had done, we wouldn't be in this mess. We would be having another fight between Rhea and Charlotte, and we all know that's the case. We saw it happen before. History repeats itself. But she's bad-mouthing, you know, bad-mouthing Rhea. The Becky chants start. The crowd, even here in Dallas, Texas, are chanting for Becky Lynch. Obviously, 
we want the man back. It's brutally obvious that we want her back. It's just a matter of when she shows up. Charlotte doesn't like that. Charlotte doesn't like them chanting anybody but her. And she's not happy about it. And she keeps going on and on and on and on. Running that mouth. Well, here comes Rhea. Rhea has heard enough. She's done listening to the Charlotte Flair show. And she's coming out to shut it up. Rhea looking good. Rhea looking better than what I thought she would have after that match. That I... Um, Aunt Money in the Bank. I didn't think Rhea would be back. I thought we wouldn't see Rhea for a bit because of the way Charlotte did. You know, how she won. I just didn't see it. But, of course, Rhea does come down. She doesn't look happy. You can definitely tell the, the nightmare's out. She's not happy. She's not happy at all. She walks over, tells people, give me a mic. Give me a mic right now. I need a mic. I, I've got something I have to say. And she's in the ring and she says, Charlotte goes, look, I have your title. And she looks at her and she goes, if you think you could beat me any other week, because of course Charlotte did say prior to this that she could beat Rhea Ripley any night of the week. That's big talk for a woman who cheated to win a title. It's big talk, big talk. She goes, look, if you think you could beat me any night of the week, why not tonight and why not for that? And pointed to the title. Charlotte, of course, goes, no, 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 we're not doing this, uh-uh, no, no, no. Charlotte backing out of her own words that she said, well, be careful what you say because it can come back to bite you in the butt, and it does because when she says no, here comes Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce. They've had enough. They're done hearing the talk. And Sonya goes, look, I want to first congratulate you, Charlotte, because that was a heck of a match last night. I'm not going to dispute that it wasn't. It was a great match. She goes, but let me remind you, you said you could beat Rhea Ripley any night of the week. And Charlotte's getting that look of no. No, 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 no. I'm not doing this. I'm the champ. I don't have to. Da, 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 da. And Pierce says, well, let's make this official. Since you seem to think you could beat Rhea any night of the week, then tonight, you're going to defend that title against Rhea Ripley. And you're doing it tonight. Charlotte not happy. Rhea's grinning from ear to ear. Charlotte not so happy that she's been backed into a corner and now she has to defend her title. That made me smile because of all the you know, favoritism I was seeing sort of to Charlotte from Sonya. And to see Sonya step up and say, look, yes, you won. But you did say this, so you have to honor what you said. I like that. I absolutely like that because if it had been any other woman, they would have done the same. So to make Charlotte do it makes me even happier. And Charlotte, I know she's not happy that she has to face Rhea. Sorry, sweetie. That's how the cookie crumbles when you run that mouth. Now we move on to uh, Natalia and Tamina. They're facing Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax with Reginald out with them. Here we go again. How many times? I mean, no offense, I love Shayna. I love Shayna and I love Nia Jax. They were, they're a dominating tag team. Dominating. But there are other women in the back who deserve a shot at those tag titles before Baszler and Jax. I'm not saying that Baszler and Jax can't get it. I'm not saying they're not good. They are. They're fantastic. But 
I think you need to find someone else to take, you know, to go after those titles besides Jackson Baszler. It's only fair to Natalia and Tamina. Two, you've got Reginald out there. Reginald always causes trouble. It doesn't matter. He always causes trouble. He's always getting involved in the... And truth and honestly, he really has caused Nia and Shayna a lot of opportunities to win the titles back. He really has. Because he's put his nose where it doesn't belong. Truth and honestly, I'm with Baszler. Reginald needs to stay in the back and let Shayna and Nia do what they do. Let them do what they've been doing before Reginald came along. It's a great match. It really, 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 really is. Fantastic match. And again, Reginald sticks his nose where it doesn't belong. And Tamina and uh, Natalia retain the titles. Upsetting for Baszler. I can see Baszler, she's mad. She's very mad. She's had enough of the Reginald show. And I completely agree with her. I've had enough of the Reginald show. Let's move on. Naya, on the other hand, she adores little Reggie. And you know, when Naya likes something, it's very hard to let go. And Shayna tells Naya, look, he's a problem. We need to get rid of him and get back to you and me doing what we do. It's only fair. Naya, she don't want to do it. She just doesn't want to do it. She's hugging Reginald, and you know, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be the end of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Their dominating reign is over. But then Nia does something no one expected. Nia sucker punches Reginald, knocking him to the ground, and walks away with Shayna Baszler. No one saw that coming. No one knew it was going to happen. I never thought Nia would turn on Reginald, but she did. But what happened afterwards was interesting because the 24-7 champion Akira Tozawa comes running out with everyone chasing after him including R-Truth for that title. Reginald granted just lost Shayna and Nia. He's sitting in the middle of the ring devastated over what just happened and Akira Tozawa comes in there's a rest chasing him literally he's going yeah, he's, going, he's trying to get away R-Truth gets his title back Reginald sneaks from behind, flips R-Truth over, one, two, three. Reginald is the new 24-7 champion. Didn't see that one coming either. Completely and absolutely blindsided on that one. Never thought in a million years he would become the 24-7 champ. He's just got one problem. He now has a target on his back and everybody's going to be coming for him. And it doesn't matter where he is, he could be eating dinner at a restaurant could lose that title. It doesn't matter where he is, he can lose that title. It'll be interesting to see what happens in this with this. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Reginald. So then we move on to Seamus versus Alberto Correa. Guys, I'm not even going to sugarcoat this. I'm not even going to dignify this match with a great response other than to tell you it's brutal. It's brutal. Seamus literally destroys Alberto Correa. He gets a few charges in, but it's not enough to keep to even do anything. Sheamus wins the match automatically. I mean, it's just brutal. You would have to go watch this match. Go look it up on your social media. It's just brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Afterwards, you think Sheamus is going to walk off. Leave it alone. He won. He beat Alberto of Korea fair and square. Let's walk away. Yep. He does what he did last week. He goes back into the ring to attack Alberto Carrillo. Lo and behold, who comes out to help Alberto Carrillo? But 
Damien Priest. Here we go. Now we're getting somewhere. Could we see? And Seamus isn't happy about the Damien Priest is there. Could we see Seamus versus Damien Priest? WWE is kind of hinting to that. And I'm starting to possibly see that yes, this could be it. We could be seeing Damien Priest versus Seamus for the United States title. It's highly possible. I would love to see Damien get that title. I would love to see him as a champion. It would be incredible. And the match between him and Sheamus, oh, that would be amazing. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with this whole thing with Sheamus and Damien Priest. Well, we all knew Bobby Lashley was going to be there. We all knew after his victorious, destroyed, destructive win last night at Money in the Bank, we knew he would be here. We knew for sure that he would be here. And, of course, he doesn't disappoint. He comes out with MVP. Not only does he come out with MVP, but he comes out to issue an open challenge to anyone in the back that wants to face him. Anybody. It's not for the WWE title. It's just a regular match. Basically, I think Bobby Lash is trying to fill out who his next opponent might be for his WWE title. Yeah, or he just wants to, that switch is still on, he wants to take out some more frustrations on people. Of course, we're all sitting there going, who's going to take the challenge? Who's going to show up, show out, and try to beat Bobby Lashley? That might get an opportunity to get the title. Or might get an opportunity to face him at SummerSlam. Who's it going to be? And we're all sitting there, and of course he goes, he's got a mic. And he starts talking about what he did last night. And when he's done talking, MVP finally takes the mic and says, Whoever comes out, you're lucky. You're very lucky. Because Kofi was right. And he and I say I'm sorry to Bobby Lashley for what I did. The words did flip on a switch and we saw a side of Bobby Lashley we've never seen before. We know it's coming. And I feel sorry for the roster. I feel sorry for the poor chum that decides to come out here and face the Almighty. I feel so sorry for him because it's not its not going to turn out well. But no one's taking this title off of him. This title is his. It's going to stay his for a very, very long time. Nobody's going to challenge him. Nobody. And so he goes, so we're out here to lay an open challenge to any soul back there on the roster that wants to come and face the Almighty. It's a non-title match. We just want you to come out and see what you can do. So we're all holding our breath, eagerly awaiting who might show up. And there's rumors flying everywhere. Different superstars that were mentioned that could be there. But the shocker came. The shocker of a rumor we had not heard. Who comes out to face Bobby Lashley? None other than the limitless himself, Keith Lee. He has returned to Monday Night Raw. Happy to see Keith back. Really happy to see him come out. He, I was happy. And the fact that he's facing Bobby Lashley, oh, that's incredible. That is an incredible matchup. That is a one, a great matchup. Of course, Bobby Lashley's confused. He's not quite sure. He's like, wait a minute, what? Keith Lee? I never would have thought Keith Lee. Not in a million years. I, I wouldn't have even thought Keith Lee. Because we still knew Keith Lee was out on and not medically cleared to return yet. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, here he is. Happy to see Lee back. Excited to see this match. Which leads us to... It's a championship contenders match. Now, for those of you who are wondering what a championship contenders match is. It's a match where if 
Keith Lee can defeat, if he can pin Bobby Lashley in the center of the ring, he gets a WWE title shot. If he can't, we all know, back of the line, start over again. So it's Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee. It is an incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible. We still see that light switch, dominant, brutal champion in there really showcasing why he is champ. Really showing it. But Keith Lee, you can see a little bit of ring rust, but not much. And he's doing really good. And I'm very proud of Keith for standing up you know, to Bobby Lashley and saying, hey, I'll take you on. It's an incredible match. It really is. It's a really good match. Go check it out on social media. It's incredible. But it does end with Bobby Lashley winning that match. So now we know Bobby Lashley beat Keith Lee. What's next? What are we going to do? Lashley's in the ring celebrating with MVP. And then the unthinkable happens. Something that no one saw coming. The most unthinkable thing. Now we all know on SmackDown, John Cena returned. We hear the music. The well-known drums hitting and the loud music. And who comes out? Goldberg. Who did not see this one coming? Now this could get interesting. Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. Spear versus Spear. Jack Hammer versus Hurt Lock. This could be really interesting. You've got two big Goliaths. You're going to be in the ring together. This could get interesting. Bobby Lashley looks like he's seen a ghost. His eyes get as big as saucers. He's not quite sure what to think. Fans are chanting Goldberg. It's good to see him. He walks to the ring, walks up to Bobby Lashley, gets right in his face, and looks at him and goes, I'm next. So, from the process of elimination, I'm assuming Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg for the WWE title is coming to SummerSlam. I'm assuming that's what it's going to be. Of course, when he says that, Bobby Lashley's not happy, and he's trying to get to Goldberg, and literally MVP's like, leave it alone, leave it alone, don't mess with him, leave it alone, leave it alone, and trying to get him out of there, but Lashley's fired up. I mean, I've never seen, I've not seen this champ this fired up, and he was fired up. This is going to be interesting, because you've got two Goliaths in a ring going for one title. My heart is on Bobby Lashley to keep retain that title. I really believe he can go toe-to-toe with Goldberg. I really think he can. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in this match and what goes down. And if they do make it official at SummerSlam. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, to me, I think it's going to show, be a showcase of, you know, two Goliaths in a ring. And it's really going to steal the spotlight from John Cena versus Roman Reigns. I really think it will. Because you've got two two big guy big two big guys in a ring and they're gonna tear each other apart. It's not gonna be one of those quick Jackhammer done, he wins the title. No, Bobby Lashley's going to give Goldberg a run for his money. I see it, it's coming, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in this match. It really is if they make it official. Of course, they get stopped for an interview coming out and they say nothing. They want nothing to talk, they don't want to talk about Goldberg, they don't want they just walk away. They want, but you don't want to stop and interview Bobby Lashley when he's mad. <laughs> Just leave Lashley alone, let him go cool down, and then go talk to him. Stupid to stop him, but they say nothing. They absolutely say nothing. Then we see Jinder Mahal and Indo Sheer, and they come down to the ring, and they're talking about, for those of you who didn't know, 
Monday night was Monday was Jinder's birthday, Jinder Mahal. Happy birthday to Jinder Mahal. And he's talking about his birthday and how this is his celebration. And he starts talking about Drew and how he took something from him. So he took something from Drew. Of course, we all know what he did at Money in the Bank. We all saw it. And so he tells Shanky, he goes, hey, it's my birthday. I don't want to talk about Drew McIntyre anymore. I don't want to talk about any, about any of this. Shanky, for me to share, sing happy birthday to me. And everybody else sing along. And he starts singing. And Shanky has an incredible voice. He has an incredible voice, guys. Absolutely incredible voice. And he's singing happy birthday to Jinder when out of nowhere, a ruthless Drew McIntyre hits Jinder Mahal in the back with a chair. And he starts taking out everybody from Indoshir. Ginger gets out quick. Literally gets out quick. He destroys everybody. Poor Shanky is left in the middle of the ring because the other ones got, him and Ginger got, his partner, and Ginger got out. Literally, he grabs the chair, rips the chair apart. This is a brutal Drew McIntyre. This is a Drew McIntyre we've not seen in a long time. This is the Scottish psychopath, not the Scottish warrior. This is the Scottish psychopath. This is a man who is very ticked off that you cost him his money in the bank shot. He is mad. And he goes and grabs another chair, and he comes back in, and he just destroys Shanky in the middle of the ring. Destroys him, guys. I mean, brutally destroys him. Absolutely just, dev just demolishes him. And Jinder... And the other member of Indoshir has to stand there and watch him just be destroyed. And Drew is telling him, get back in the ring. I'll do the same to you. Come on, both of you. Let's get in here. Credible way to set up a Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre fight. Credible way to finish off where we started. Incredible. Perfect. I cannot wait to see if they're going to have Jinder versus Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam. This would be incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, we also find out we have a surprising debut on Monday Night Raw. Guys, we have been told that Karrion Cross, the NXT champion, the Doomsday Suicida himself, is going to be debuting on Monday Night Raw without Scarlett. This is interesting. This could get very interesting having Karrion, who is a dominating champion in NXT, and who is the NXT champ in a WWE Raw ring. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in his debut, but we find out he's going to be debuting tonight. Which leads us to his opponent. It is Karrion Cross, the NXT champion, versus Jeff Hardy. Yes, you heard me correctly. Jeff Hardy. Now, I know what all of you are thinking. Oh, boy. Jeff, 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 Jeff I'm so sorry. This is not going to be good for you. Not going to be good for you at all. We all know what Karrion Cross is capable of. We've seen him on NXT. He's dominating. He's a dominant force. We know what he can do. It's a good match. It really, I mean, it really, truly is a good match for a debuting NXT champ. It really is. The problem I have with it is they really didn't do what they should have done with Karrion. They really, they've made Karrion to be this dominating force in NXT and in WWE. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then they drop the ball at the last second during Jeff Hardy's match and let Jeff Hardy win the match. That, to me, was just wrong. You don't make someone a dominating champ and then let him, lose, let him lose to someone like Jeff Hardy. You just don't. It doesn't. And you can see, it shakes Karrion to his core. It shakes his... It kind of breaks him a little bit because Karrion's this dominating person and here Jeff Hardy just beat him in a ring. 
in front of everyone in Texas. That to me was a bit much for Karen. And you could see it. You could see it shook him a little bit. It shook him up. But he keeps his composure. And he steps up to the up to the interviewer and he tells the interviewer, All I got to say is, Jeff Hardy, you just made the biggest mistake of your life because everybody has to fall and pray. And leads it at that. You don't do this to someone. You don't shake their resolve because we all know what Carrion has said. We heard what he said in NXT. He dreams three things when he gets up every morning. One, keeping that NXT title. Two, winning the WWE Championship. Three, main eventing WrestleMania. Those are his three dreams. And you literally give him an opportunity on Raw and then you crush it. That to me... I mean, it's good that they did it that way because they kind of set up for in case when he does drop the NXT title, if he chooses to come to Raw, he'll have a few with Jeff Hardy. But to me, they could have done better at making him a more dominating force in that ring than what they did. And they could have had him win his debut. That, to me, was just wrong for Karrion. And I feel kind of bad for Karrion because it did. It shook him. It shook him to a score. You could see it rocked him. You could see it. He may have not said it, but you could see it. Well, Alexa's Playground. We love when Alexa does her playground. I look forward to seeing it every week. And Alexa's special guest is Lily. She's brought back Lily. Lily is out of time. Out, and we have Lily back. And she's sitting there, and Lily's in the swing, and they're talking, and they're, you know, they're just having a regular good old conversation. Her and her, you know, little voodoo doll, and they're having an awesome conversation. Well, who comes up? Eva Marie and Dewdrop, a.k.a. Piper. They show up, and she's nice to Dewdrop because she loves Dewdrop. You can tell Alexa loves Dewdrop, and she could see Dewdrop's getting used by Ava Marie. She could see it. And Ava basically disrespects Lily. Wrong thing to do. Apparently, Ava does not realize, or she hasn't watched the whole thing, what happened with Shayna. She's not paying attention that if you disrespect this doll, things don't turn out well for you. They don't at all, and Ava apparently missed the boat. But she disrespects Lily. And she says, uh, she'll, maybe I should get Dewdrop to toss Lily in the trash. Uh, why don't we put, uh, basically she says, why don't we put Dewdrop in a timeout? And uh, we'll see, and she says, see how you do by yourself. That's what Alexa tells her. Why don't we put Dewdrop in a timeout and see how you do by yourself? We all know, Ava Marie She's not showing any, you know, anything that impresses us in her ring. And when you put her up, Alexa, up with Alexa Bliss without Dewdrop, Ava's not going to do well. She's not going to because they haven't really used her. They haven't utilized her like they should have. They made her out to be this, you know, since she's different this time around, that we're going to see something great, and we've seen nothing. We've seen nothing that impresses us at all when it comes to Ava Marie, other than her devastating good looks. That's the only thing. But Ava says, I don't want anything to do with you, Alexa, or your little demented doll, Lily. And she goes to walk off. When she goes to walk off, she accidentally trips. There's nothing there because she walks right between Lily and Alexa and trips and falls on the ground. Sue so Dewdrop kind of cracks a smile. And Alexa said, I haven't seen that there before. And Ava and Dewdrop leave. I'm telling you guys, we're about to see an Ava-Alexa fight. It's coming. It's a matter of how and when 
We're going to see this fight, but it's coming. It's a matter of when and how. And I'm telling you, if Alexa goes into a fight with Ava, Ava's done. She's not going to be able to take on her without Dewdrop. It's just not going to happen. She's not going to be able to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. So now, guys, we move on to the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. This is the main event. Now, like I told you guys, I love when the women's division does main events. It makes me happy to see when they do use the women for a main event. So I'm excited to see them do this. I'm happy to see Charlotte in the main event. Granted, I don't like the fact that Charlotte is the Raw Women's Champion. But then again, like I said, Rhea right now is really mad. So we're going to see a really good match. It is a great match. It is an incredible match. Absolutely spectacular. These two women bring it to the max. It's absolutely a, a fantastic main event. Really showcases why the women should main event more often. It's a great match. It really is. Of course... Charlotte wins by DQ. Who didn't see that coming? DQ. Rhea Whipley, of course, does win, but Charlotte retains, which means Charlotte is still champ. I was mad about this. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? You're going to DQ just so that you can keep your title? Seriously? Really, Charlotte? Seriously. But what happens afterwards is the amazing part of the whole thing. Rhea's mad. Oh, you can see the fire in this woman's eyes. She is mad. And she makes it perfectly clear where she stands. And she takes out Charlotte. She literally, literally takes out Charlotte. Charlotte can't even stand. And then the surprise. Nikki Ash, who we all know is the women's Money in the Bank ladder winner, comes running out with set Money in the Bank contract. Rhea the whole time just steps back. Now, I told you guys in the pay-per-view extravaganza, every time a woman has won a Money in the Bank ladder match, she has successfully cashed in her Money in the Bank contract. I said a lot was going to be riding on Nikki's shoulders as to whether she could successfully cash in or if she would be the first one to break the streak and fail. She literally rolls Charlotte in. Now, remember, Rhea has beaten the daylights out of Charlotte. Rolls Charlotte into the ring, walks over to the ref, hands her money in the bank contract. We have a cash in. Literally, after that, Nikki pins Charlotte with a one, two, three. We have a new Raw Women's Champion, guys. It's Nikki Ash. She successfully had a successful cash in. Nikki, almost a superhero, gets the win. I'm excited. She's in the crowd cheering, you know, excited. She's having a celebration. Rhea is happy. I'm happy. Congratulations to Nikki Ash for getting this. It was an incredible, incredible, incredible cash-in. We have a new Raw Women's Champion, and I'm happy. So let's move on to Friday Night Smackdown for 7:23, The Fallout of Money in the Bank. Smackdown starts again, just like Raw did, with John Cena coming out. Who didn't see Cena coming out twice on opening for both shows? Who did not see that? But of course, he's made this perfectly clear. He wants Roman Reigns. So who didn't see him coming out? And he does. He comes out to a huge pop. I mean, this pop is loud. It is very loud. And he starts talking up the fans, just like he did on Monday Night Raw, you know, telling the fans everything, you know, and even talking, you know, about the Firefly Funhouse and how most people wonder how to get out of that spooky, kooky Firefly Funhouse. 
nice to see that he's, you know, talking up, you know, Bray Wyatt, who we miss very deeply, so we're happy to see him talking him up, really happy for that, and he goes, uh, who else, let's see, I would like to talk about jacking the jaw of the egomaniac known as Roman Reigns, and he's letting us know that Roman and him will have a face-off tonight to deter you know, for Roman to give him an answer as to whether or not he'll accept his challenge for SummerSlam for the Universal title against John Cena. Excited to see what Roman will say. But we all know Roman. Anytime someone calls out Roman, he doesn't always come out. It's on Roman's time. We know this. We're, I'm expecting. I'm expecting for Roman not to come out at all. Yeah, or come out when he's ready, or come out of nowhere and take out John Cena. I'm expecting that. It's just Roman. That's how he is. So he's a SmackDown as Roman Reigns as champ. It sucks. That's exactly what he says. It sucks. He goes on to say, SummerSlam is a chance for all of us to stand up for what we believe in. You're on. You know. Are you on Team Shorts? Pointing to his shorts. Are you on Team Cargo Pants? And literally, I had to laugh. I'm like, really? You really went there? That's absolute. I was laughing. And I'm pretty sure some of you are listening to this right now are laughing. But that's typical John Cena. We know he has a sense of humor. We know how crazy he can be. He goes, are you Team Cena? Or are you Team Roman? I'm sorry, I'm a Roman Reigns fan. I'm going to have to go with Team Roman and Team Cargo Pants. Sorry, going to have to. That's just how it is. That's how it is. He says, now he's, after that, he's waiting on Roman to come out. He calls Roman out, tells Roman, come on, be a man, get out of here. Let's do this. No, Roman. We're waiting on Roman. Like I told you guys, it's always Roman on Roman's time. It's when Roman wants to come out. That's just how it always has been. That's how it always will be. We're expecting that. But, of course, he keeps trying. Still no Roman. All of a sudden, we hear, Ladies and gentlemen, there's Paul Heyman. Should have expected Paul Heyman to come out at some point. Was expecting it. I, I, I knew it was coming. And he says, first he, he says, Things about Cleveland and disrespects Cleveland, Ohio. And I knew that was coming. Who didn't see it. We knew it was going to happen. He disrespects John Cena. And he, then he tells John Cena, Well, John, You've got it all wrong. You said Roman can't see you on Monday Night Raw. Well, I hate to inform you, but Roman can see you. You're just not simply worth his, worth him listening to. He doesn't want to hear you jacking that jaw and running your mouth. He's like, look, tonight you'll get your answer to your challenge when Roman wants to come out and give you that answer. And let you know the tribal chief is here. And he's basically making fun of John Cena's music. He's do 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 do. It's so funny. It's absolutely you have to go see it, guys. It's it's hard to explain seeing Paul Heyman doing this, but it's absolutely hilarious. Go on your social media and look at it. It's absolutely funny. It's hilarious. And Heyman walks out like a boss. <clears throat> so now we know. <coughs> Excuse me. That John Cena will be getting his answer at some point. It's just to, as to when Roman wants to grace us with his presence and let us know what the answer is going to be. Now, to let you guys know, there's an exciting thing going on on SmackDown. SmackDown is actually, if you go on and look, you'll see, they're running from two locations on this SmackDown. 
One is from Cincinnati, or shall I say Cincinnati, Cleveland, Ohio, close to Cincinnati, Cleveland, Ohio, and the loud, the Rolling Loud Hip Hop Festival in Miami, Florida. So we're going to have matches both in Cleveland and matches in Miami. It's going to be an interesting little thing. Kind of nice to see SmackDown kind of change it up a little bit. Like it. Well, then we see, of course, we all know Finn Balor returned last week. We were so excited to see Finn return to SmackDown. He took out Sami Zayn. We're excited to see that. We're tired of hearing Sami Zayn's conspiracy theories and how WWE's against him. Blah, 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 blah. So then we get Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn. About time. Ready to see this match. Ready to see Finn Balor back in action on SmackDown. Happy to see it. It's a great match. It's an incredible match. Absolutely incredible match. But midway through the match, this goes to show that commentators pay attention to social media. They pay close attention. Now, for those of you who are scratching your head going, what? Huh? Pat McAfee always has his phone, if you haven't noticed, by his side. Which, we all know Pat McAfee, he's a social media genius. He's absolutely a podcaster extraordinaire. We know what Pat McAfee does, and we know that he spends a lot of time on social media. So, granted, we always know his phone's by the by him at all times. And we know there's been several times that Michael Cole has made a wrong call, or Pat's made a wrong call, and they've called each other out on it. But Michael Cole makes a bad, bad call. Midway through the match, Sami Zayn... Takes Finn Balor out with a blue thunderbomb. It's brutally obvious to everyone in the WWE universe that this is Sam and Sami Zayn's finishers, the blue thunderbomb. Michael Cole calls it a Mishinushi driver, which is not what it is. It's I mean, I was even sitting there going, he did a blue thunderbomb. He did a blue thunderbomb. Pat McAfee goes, uh, Michael Cole, that was a blue thunderbomb, and social media is calling you out on it. Right there, goes to show the social media pays attention to what's going on, not only in the ring, but what the commentators are talking about. Granted, Pat McAfee makes a mistake, made a mistake too, and Michael Cole called him out on it. Like I said, I love the commentator thing between Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. I absolutely love it. I love McAfee being on commentary. I love it. It's incredible. I absolutely love it. They're great together. I love it. But he calls him out on it. Because some social media called him out on it. Absolutely incredible. Want to go see it? Go check it out online. It's absolutely hilarious. Of course, it does end, of course, with Finn Balor winning against Sami Zayn. Incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible match between Finn Balor and Sami Zayn. It's a great match. It really is. Absolutely incredible. Well, we all know what's been going on with Baron Corbin. We know Baron Corbin has had a lot of issues lately. And we know he's been struggling. And he's had a hard time. And we know this. Which leads us to another interview with Baron Corbin. And I really want to hug this guy. I feel so bad for Baron right now. I really do. I want to hug him so badly. And he looks worse than what he did the week before and the week before that. He, you know, he didn't make any money off of his Corbin Fund Me page. Actually, the guy who set up the page for him stole his money and he lets us know he did. And, you know, he's just really, you know, he thinks he stole his identity. He has no credit cards. He has, you know, he's lost everything. You know, the same thing we've been getting. Well, then, he has to take the bus. You feel, so, I mean, you really feel sorry for our Baron Corbin. You really do. Well, Kevin Owens comes up. And Kevin Owens is trying to make Baron Corbin feel better. 
He's trying his best to make Baron Corbin feel better. And Baron Corbin apologizes for what he said to Kevin Owens and how he reacted and how he you know, misspoke and everything on you know, on last week's SmackDown. And he's trying to make you know trying to make up for what he did. And you can definitely tell he's genuinely sorry for what he said. And Kevin looks at him and there's a stain on his white shirt that Corbin's wearing, and he goes, "Is that a new stain?" And he goes. No, that's a short shirt I wore last week. Kevin feels so sorry for him. Kevin reaches into his wallet and hands him some money to try to make Corbin feel better and to maybe help Corbin out. And Corbin is very grateful. You can obviously tell Corbin is very grateful for what he's done for him. He's very happy that he did this. Out of the blue, here comes the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode to not only hit Baron Corbin, and take him out, but also steal the money that Kevin Owens just gave to him. Can Baron Corbin not catch a break? Well, yes, he can, because Kevin Owens comes with a chair and ready to swing for the fences at the two that tried to get Baron Corbin. He comes over there after he gets them out of the way. He asks Corbin, are you okay? And Corbin goes, no. And you can see Corbin is in pain. I, do I see a possible Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens tag team? Yes, I do. I think we're about to get it, and I think their first opponents are going to be the Dirty Dogs. I see it happening. I, I see the wheels in the motion. I'm looking forward to seeing what Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens can do as a tag team. I think it will be a great addition to SmackDown. I really think it would. Well, here comes Mr. Money in the Bank, Big E, and he's celebrating. He welcomes the fans, and they chant, of course, you deserve it, letting him know that he deserves it. He's having a nice little chat, and all of a sudden, out comes Apollo Crews. Oh, boy, the intercontinental champion, Apollo Crews. Here he comes again. Are you kidding me? Apollo Crews. Seriously, driving me insane. But he comes out, and I thought we were done with the Apollo Crews story. I really thought once Biggie got the money in the bank contract, we would be done with Apollo Crews. But obviously not. And Apollo Crews goes, I'm just out here to congratulate you. That's what I'm here for. To tell you, yeah, you did wonderful. Well, he doesn't even get his words out before. Here comes Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. And they come out and they're not out here to congratulate Big E. No, they want a shot at Big E. And, you know, they're, they really want to, you know, can't get him. Well, they don't even get a chance to say what they're going to say before Rick Boogs comes out to introduce Kinsuke Nakamura. Here comes Shinsuke. Now we've got Big E, who is, deserves to have a celebration for winning the Money in the Bank contract. We've got Apollo Crews with Commander Azims, who is the Intercontinental Champion. We've got Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, who are out here being rude as usual. And now we've got Shinsuke. Well, that ain't the end of it. Out of nowhere, here comes Cesaro. All of them say that they want a shot at Apollo Crews' Intercontinental title. They all want a shot at it. And literally, I'm thinking, poor Apollo Crews. He doesn't even get a chance to say anything. Big E doesn't get a chance to celebrate. This is insane. This is crazy. I feel so bad for Big E because he deserved to have that opportunity to celebrate just as much as anybody did. But I also feel bad for Apollo Crews because he literally has a target on his back and Shinsuke and all these people have come out and interrupted him and basically are saying, we want a shot at your title. 
Well, the fight's on. They literally are beating the daylights out of each other. And, of course, you're thinking, okay, we're going to get an impromptu match. No, we don't. We don't know what's going to happen with the Intercontinental title. We don't know what's going to happen with Big E. We don't know anything. We just know that there are competitors who are wanting a shot at that title. And to me, I think Apollo Crews and Big E both were disrespected. And I don't like when they don't get a chance to say what they need to say. Of course, they did. Everybody in the ring did take out. I'm giving y'all a thing here. Everybody in the ring did take out Commander Aziz. So I was happy to see Aziz go out. I really was. I was very happy to see him go out because... He gets on my nerves. I know Apollo could do it without him, and it really gets on my nerves when he does. But now we're going down to the Rolling Loud Festival in Miami, and of course, Wally, who does the, uh, does the theme song for Big E, is out on the stage, and he's asking everybody in the crowd to chant, We Want the Smoke. Of course, the crowd responds, We Want the Smoke, and he keeps doing it, We Want the Smoke, and here comes the street. Prophets, They are back. So happy to see Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford back. I am happy to see them come back. Very happy to see them come back. Happy to see the Street Prophets back. I'm excited to see them. Of course, they have a match against Chad Gable. Just Chad Gable. It's Angelo Dawkins versus Chad Gable. Of course, Montez Ford and Otis are out there. This is an incredible way to restart this feud and possibly finish this feud. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with this feud. It could be a really good feud between them if they play it right. But, of course, it's a great match. You got Wally on the outside cheering on the Street Profits. It's an incredible match. I love it. It's fantastic. It's a really good match. Go check it out. It's incredible, especially in front of the Rolling Loud Festival crowd. It's fantastic. The stage is the stage is right here. It's the Hard Rock Cafe stage where they're performing. You look down, and in the very bottom down there in the right-hand corner sits the ring. The ring is literally on the side of the stage. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Shout out to SmackDown. They did a great job. It's a great match. Of course, it does, of course, end with Angelo Dawkins winning that match. Great way to pick back up this feud. Great way to have this feud possibly maybe end. I don't know, but I was happy to see Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford back. Excited to see them while he's on the side celebrating with them. Well, in the process, all of a sudden we hear Bianca Belair's music hit. And well, I'm excited to see Bianca. She comes out and she's dancing all the way down the stage. And we're excited. You know, people are excited to see her. She has a match for the SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella. It's a great match. That's all I'm going to say. It's a fantastic match between these two ladies, but it does end with Bianca Belair retaining. I'm happy that she retained. I love Bianca as champ right now. She's incredible. She's on fire. I love it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to go now, whether where Bianca could go, who she could go up against next, because we all know Nikki Ash cashed in her Money in the Bank contract, so she ain't got to look on her look on her over her shoulder anymore for her. Interesting to see what's going to happen and who Bianca Belair's challenger might be for SummerSlam. This could be get really interesting. Well, we go on. Edge is out and he's mad. We all know why Edge is mad. We know what happened at Money in the Bank. We all saw it. We witnessed it. Edge had that title. He had it. And Seth Rollins, being Seth Rollins, stuck his nose where it didn't belong and cost Edge that match. So, of course, we expect Edge not to be happy. 
and he's in the ring and he's pacing. You can see it. He is not happy. He's enjoying hearing the crowd. He loves that feel, that feeling of the crowd, but he's got something else on his mind and it's Seth Rollins and we know it is. And you can obviously, as I can tell, he's got something to say. He goes, he's happy to see the fans back. He says, you know what I went through, you know, everything, you guys went through it with me, you know what I did to get, you know, get back to this, which is what I love, you know what I did, and everything that I went through, and you all know, I should be Universal Champ right now. Yeah, we all know it, we all saw it, you had it. Seth Rollins had stayed out of it, you had it. He's like, but I'm not. And the reason I'm not is because of Seth Rollins. And... Yeah, I thought he would have attacked Roman. I agree. I agree with Edge. I would have thought he was going after Roman because he wanted Roman. He wanted that title. He wanted you. You would have thought it would have been Roman Reigns, guilt too, because it would have been easier for him to deal with Edge. He he would have had an easier fight with Edge than he would have had with Roman. So I kind of agree with Edge. Yeah, I kind of thought he was going after Roman too. But he goes, I'm letting you know, guys, I'm back, and apparently I'm in your way. Apparently. I'm in your way. And, you know, he's not happy. He's not happy, you obviously can tell. And he says, and you have no idea, Seth, what kind of Pandora's box you have opened up. We all know what Edge is capable of. We've seen him do it. We know what he's capable of. We can go all the way back to the brood if we want to, but we know what this man is capable of. We know how vicious and how dangerous this man can get. And when you make him mad, it doesn't turn out well for you. It just doesn't. It does not turn out well. And he says, and you're going to find out just how dark I can get. Well, Seth Rollins comes out because he's heard enough. He doesn't want to hear any more from Edge. And he wants to make his case. You know he does. Rollins wants to make his case. And so Rollins comes out and uh, he says, did I hear someone say my name? We're like, yeah, we said your name. You, you cost Edge the Universal title. Of course we said your name. And he says, yes, it's Grandpa Edge talking about the man he used to be. Grandpa Edge. That's absolutely hilarious. I love this. From Cicero to Grandpa Edge. I love it. And Edge tells him, literally tells him, will you just shut up? I'm like, ooh, here comes the dark edge. Not a good idea. He goes, and come down here right now. Seth goes, you see me walking? I'm coming. I'm coming right now here. I'm walking right down here right now. No argument. I'm coming. And he goes down to the ring and he goes, look, if you get in here, I promise I won't touch you. I won't put a hand on you. I won't even, I won't put a finger on you. Not even a, I won't touch you. I promise. So Seth comes into the ring. And they're in the ring together, and he's bashing Edge, and he's bashing Cleveland. Typical Seth Rollins. We know that's how he is. And, you know, he tells Cleveland that uh, he's not thrilled that Grandpa Edge is in his ring. I'm loving this. I'm loving this Grandpa Edge thing. It's absolutely hilarious. And uh, he goes, you know, he's basically just making it perfectly clear what's going to happen. He's making it perfectly clear he's had enough, and the fans are really chanting, you suck, because they hate Seth. They cannot stand the fact that Seth cost Edge that match. Edge had that match. If you guys have not seen that match, go look at it. Edge had it. He didn't have it once. He had it twice, and Seth Rollins got involved both times. 
Granted, I get Seth's plight. I know Seth wants to face Roman Reigns, and I get that. But in my opinion, I think Seth would have been better off facing Edge for the Universal title than Roman Reigns. I really do. Because this is a different Roman. Different Roman. You're dealing with something totally different. And I'm not quite sure Seth would walk away from it unscathed. But, you know, he says, basically, he says, when I brought the authority back, I hesitated taking you out. I didn't do it. I hesitated. Wasn't going to take you out. I didn't want any. I wasn't going to do it. I made myself stop. And, but I'm going to tell you right now, next time, I won't hesitate. I won't hesitate at all. I will take you out. Curb stomp you into oblivion. It will be over. Edge looks at him and goes, you remember what I said? That I'm not going to put my hands on you. Well, guess what? I lied. And literally the fight ensues. It ensues. It is a nasty little battle between these two. And Edge is just whooping ass. I mean whooping ass. And I said, Seth, he has it coming to him. He has it coming. Literally he has it coming. And he even does the execute the execution on him. He I mean Seth we haven't seen him do that in a while. So that's absolutely incredible to see him do this. But he goes for a spear, but Seth rolls out. Figures Seth would be too afraid to deal with him at all. Because Seth, it's all in Seth's time. It's like Roman. It's all in Seth's time. When Seth freaking Rollins wants to face you, he'll face you. Do I see this fight being hellacious? Oh, yes, I do. I see this being a nasty fight between the two of them at SummerSlam. It's going to be nasty, and there's no telling what kind of match it might be. It's not going to be pretty, and it's probably not going to be for the faint of heart. I promise you. These two are going to literally destroy each other at SummerSlam, and I see it coming. Of course, we get the debut of Tony Storm. We've been waiting on Storm to show up. We've been waiting on for her to show up, and she gets to debut against Zelina Vega. I like this. I like that they're giving her somebody like Zelina because Zelina is a great competitor. I love that they're putting her against somebody that we know and somebody that we know their ring, their ring style. I like that. Tony Storm does an incredible job. She really showcases why she was NXT UK champ for so long. She showcases why she dominated NXT for so long. Tony Storm is an incredible asset to SmackDown, and I think she'll be wonderful to have. I love. I, mean, I stand by my women's division, and I stand by Tony Storm because Tony Storm is good. If they utilize her right and use her right, Tony could be something incredible, something that. Next to Rhea Ripley, she could be something absolutely incredible if they play their cards right and use her right. Of course, she did win that match using Storm Zero. She was more starstruck over the fact that she was in a sold-out arena than anything. This, I mean, this was like a dream of hers to be in this kind of environment, and she's literally standing there starstruck. It's just like, she's like a little kid at her very first WWE show. It's absolutely incredible to see the reaction that she gets and the reaction that she gives. It's amazing. Like I said, Tony's going to be a great asset to SmackDown if they use her right. That's the big thing if WWE use her right. So then we move on to Jimmy Uso, of course, with Jay, versus Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio. That is an incredible match. Absolutely great match. But, but, and I preface this but, ladies and gentlemen, I preface this but. 
we get the same results we got with the Usos and Money in the Bank. Jimmy Uso wins that match with the assistance of Jay Uso. They do it again. Jay literally pushes himself, uses his feet to hold the pressure to make it to where Dominic loses by pinfall. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible that they're getting away with this with the ref right there. It's only a matter of time before the ref catches them doing this. It's amazing that they're getting away with this. It's absolutely incredible. But after the match is over, finally we get the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. Finally, we get him. Finally, he shows his face. Finally. And he comes out. He gets a huge pop, guys. Even though he is a heel, he gets a pop in Cleveland. They give him a pop. And it's an incredible pop. He walks out with Heyman. And his whole family draped in gold. Who did not see this happening? Draped in gold. And they're walking down there. And they're so proud. And he walks into the ring. And he's ready to give his answer to John Cena's challenge for the Universal title at SummerSlam. We're about to hear Roman's decision. Now guys, remember, literally SmackDown has been on fire all night. So you can only imagine what Roman has got to say. You can only imagine what he's got to say. I'm laughing, and I know you guys are be laughing, and you're going to find out why in just a second. First he tells Cleveland, you need to acknowledge me. At home, you need to acknowledge me. Points to the camera and tells everyone to acknowledge him. We already acknowledge you, Roman. We love you, Roman. We know you're the tribal chief. You're the head of the table. We know this. We don't have to tell you this every time you enter a ring. But apparently he seems to think we do. He said, at Money in the Bank, everyone else acknowledged me. John Cena acknowledged me. Really? Really, Roman? He's like, tonight, uh, you know, Hollywood must I thought Hollywood might have put a whole new paint job on John Cena. I thought they had given us this brand new John Cena. We were going to see this great and powerful John Cena that we always see. Yada, yada, yada. But guess what? We got the same old John Cena. He comes out to the same music. He comes out to the same entrance. He comes out to the same clothes. He comes out to the same old, same old. We're getting the 2005 John Cena. Literally, we're getting the same John Cena. He's like, seriously. If you don't believe me, I'll go search, search up John Cena from 2005. Seriously, go look at him. It's the same thing. Same entrance music, same everything. And he's like, it's like, and this is why I'm going to laugh, guys. And it's all over social media, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It is the talk of social media because this is completely out of Roman's character. Completely out of Roman's character. He basically says, it's like getting missionary position night after night after night. Literally the entire crowd, commentators, Paul Heyman, everybody is laughing so hard they can't stop. I'm telling you, Roman went out of character, stepped out of key fab, and just threw this in at the last minute. Even you can see that smile across Roman's face after he realizes what he just said. It's absolutely I'm sitting on the floor, almost falling on the floor laughing at this. This has never come out of Roman's mouth. And for us to hear this was absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And he's like, 
You tell me I can't, John. You say I can't see you. I, I don't want to see you. That's plain and simple. I don't want to see you. So the answer to your challenge at SummerSlam for the universal title against me, the answer is no. Who didn't see that coming? Who did not see Roman saying he was not going to face the 2005 John Cena? Who did not see that coming? Who did not expect that? He says, no, John, I'm not going to face you at SummerSlam. So who is, who is Roman going to face? Who are we going to see? Well, Roman's getting ready to walk out when out of the blue, here comes the prince, Finn Balor, to the ring. You heard me correctly, folks. Finn Balor to the ring. My heart stopped. My jaw dropped. I could not believe Finn was coming out to Roman Reigns to basically whatever he was going to do. I had no idea what he was going to do, but nonetheless, he walks out. He grabs a mic. They give him a mic. He walks over to Roman. He says, I heard you tell everyone to acknowledge you. And he's like, yep. Roman Shaken said, yeah, everybody needs to acknowledge me. Then he goes, I'm not here to acknowledge you. But if you're not interested in John Cena's challenge, maybe you'll be interested in mine. Roman is standing there for a minute, and I'm sitting there going, do I just heard what I think I heard? Then Finn Balor just say he wants to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal title at SummerSlam. Did I just hear this absolutely correctly in my ear? Is that what I just heard him say? And Roman, literally the fans are chanting. Roman's standing there and he's debating. You hear the fans chanting, Roman scared, Roman scared. I mean, everywhere they're chanting it. Chanting that Roman's scared of Finn Balor. I'm sitting there going, I cannot believe Finn just did this. Did he just challenge him? This is what I heard. Roman's talking to Heyman. And the whole time we're waiting, we're hanging on that moment, that that a faint little moment of what is what is Roman going to say? No? Yes? What's he going to say? Roman looks at him and goes, challenge accepted. So now, I'm wondering, was this really a challenge for the Universal title at SummerSlam? Could we see Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? This could be an incredible match. We know that Rollins and Balor have already faced each other for the Universal title, and Balor won that one. Of course, the following night he had to forfeit it, but we know he won that one. So could we see Balor versus Reigns? This could be an incredible match that could literally, literally steal the freaking show if it's used properly and it's done properly. I'm hoping that Pierce and the rest of WWE clears this up so we know for sure whether this is what we're getting at SummerSlam. The Prince, Finn Balor, versus the Tribal Chief, head of the table, Roman Reigns, for the Universal title. Kind of excited to see what's going to happen. Kind of excited to see what we might get. Could Roman's time be up? Could he really lose to Finn Balor? Is that a possibility? We all know how good Finn is in the ring. So be interested to see what happens between these two if they make this official for SummerSlam. I'm excited. As a wrestling fan, I'm absolutely excited. As a female wrestling fan, I'm giddy. I can't wait for this. I'm giddy. I cannot wait to see if they give this, give us this match because it's going to be incredible. It's going to be absolutely incredible.
Again, I want to thank you guys for listening. Because without you, there would be no me. And like I said, tell your friends about it. Any of your wrestling fan friends who are out there, tell them, give, give, give a listen to In the Ring with Brandy. Spread the word. The more people we get to listen, the more our voices are heard, the more exciting it's going to get. Because I promise you, the sky's the limit as to what's going to happen as we go along through this. Not just on Raw. Not just on SmackDown. On AEW, on New Japan, on Ring of Honor, and on Impact. The sky is the limit as to what we're going to see. Again, follow me on social media. Anything that you guys want to talk about, doesn't matter what it is, give me a shout out. I would love to hear from you and what you have to say about anything involving wrestling. If you just want to get on there and give me a shout out that has nothing to do with wrestling and says, Hey, I love your show. Or, hey, maybe you should try this. I'm willing to listen to anything you guys have got to say, and I will respond back to you. I promise you will get a response. Now, remember, it's on my social media, either on my Facebook, on my Twitter, at Wrestling Nights, Nights, ending with a Z, or on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. And again, thank y'all so much for listening, because like I said, without you guys, there would be no me. And we'll see you next time with more wrestling action. Have a great night, guys. See ya.